to stay, change your plans, be over at the fellowship hall today and uh, and eat with us. Now, this week, I hope that you brought something with you, <laughs> but um, if you didn't, we're still fine. Uh, well, I know the great stuff that came from Shane Williams, so we got, we got food, but uh, next month, uh, the month of October, the food will be provided. We just want you to be here with your thinking mind because we're going to do a little, um, a little overview of next year, kind of the things that we want to accomplish and we're going to need your help to plan out a few of the things so again come and it will be uh, it will be timed I love timers I have sat in meetings before where it was like oh this could have just been an email Uh, that is not what I want to do for y'all so I do want it to uh, to be timely and respectful so please make sure you're, you come. Don't don't let that discourage you from coming. Okay, like, oh golly, we have a meeting. No, it's, please understand, I, it, it will be, it's important that you're here, and I will be in a timely manner. Also, if you've not yet brought your items for the month of September, well, today's the first day, so it's okay if you haven't. So <laughs> this starts it off, at the the goal is a ball or a doll that will fit into the shoebox. So, if it's a really large doll, you might want to bring with you a very large shoebox. Or if it's, or if it's a, a very heavily inflated ball, um, we'll, we'll have to smush it down and tape it up. So keep those things in mind as you purchase. But a ball or a doll is what we're looking for for the month of September. Also, if you would like to donate any finances for that, we are we're doing so so well thank you very much there are people who give almost every single week for the purpose of our shipping so we are doing so well with our shipping costs and we say thank you so very much for that Um, and it may be that that if we're way over our shipping costs um, we may take some of that and and go purchase some things at the at the store so that we can fill up those boxes but keeping those things in mind also if you have any extra boxes bring them over uh the the joy club met on thursday i think that uh, brother joiner will be telling a little more about that when he gets up here but i heard from uh, heard from a couple of people that they had a good time that it was a nice time of fellowship so if you have not yet gone to any joy club activities hey it's time to start if you are six year older you're invited to the joy club any other announcements we will certainly let you know uh this is this is something that we've done we did a long long time ago i don't even remember how long but but we did this and and i was reminded of it just this past week so i want you to just think about think about anything that's causing you stress or difficulty anything that you're anxious about anything that is Um, that is a difficulty okay think about that thing get it in your mind and just grab a hold of it and and I know y'all are like oh this is silly but but symbolically we're we're doing grab a hold of it and if you if you feel comfortable just hold it out whatever it is just hold it out whatever you're anxious about whatever you're worried about whatever it is and so right now symbolically we're going to release that to the Lord we're saying, we're here today, God, and, and we're releasing this to you. In Jesus' name, we're just letting go of whatever it is. Now, flip your hand over. And symbolically, we're in the, in the place of reception. God, we're here to receive from you 
to let go of all those other things because if my hand is closed holding on to things that are hurting me that are worrying me that are causing me anxiety I cannot receive the goodness that you have planned for me today so we receive from the Lord today because he is here to give and to provide amen let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer and if you, if you need to stay in that posture of, of letting go and receiving today at any point, you just go ahead. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for your goodness, for your mercy, your blessings and grace. God, I thank you and I praise you that you take all of our anxieties. God, that you take all of our fears. You take all of our worries and our concern. God, that, that you bore the stripes for our healing, that you received that pain so that we could be restored. Father, I thank you and I praise you because you did that because you love us, not because you had to, but because you wanted us to be delivered and to be set free. Father, I just ask now that you would have your will in each and every life. God, there is no one who is here by accident, but we are all here for the purpose of receiving from you, of blessing you. God, there is there is no one who is watching by accident, but you have put this live stream into their lives right now so that they can receive from you whatever it is that they need. Father, I ask you that you would have your will in your way in the service. God, from the very first prayer to the very last prayer, that you would be lifted up and blessed. God, I just pray that each of us right now would release those things that are on our hearts and receive from you. God, we trust that you have a purpose and a plan for us today. We thank you. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. There's honey in the rock water in the stone manna on the ground no matter where i go i don't need to worry now that i know everything i need you've got there's honey in the rock praying for a miracle thirsty for the living well only you can satisfy sweetness at the mercy seat now I've tasted it's not hard to see only you can satisfy there's honey in the rock there's honey in the rock there's honey in the rock, honey in the rock. There's freedom. Freedom where the Spirit is, bounty in the wilderness. You will always satisfy. And there's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground. No matter where I go, I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you've got. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hand. Start and flowing when you said it is done. Everything you did's enough. I keep looking, I keep finding. You keep giving, keep providing. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep praying, you keep moving. I keep praising, 
you keep proving I have all that I need. You are all that I need. Sing, I keep looking. I keep looking. I keep finding. You keep giving. Keep providing. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep praying. I keep praying. You keep moving. I keep praising, you keep proving, I have all that I need, you are all that I need, I have all, I have all that I need, you are all that I need, there's honey in the rock, water in the stone, there's manna on the ground, no matter where I go. Everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan. There's power in the blood, healing in your hand. Started flowing when you said it is done. Everything you did, enough. There's honey in the rock, honey in the rock. There's honey in the rock. There's honey in the rocks. Oh, how sweet. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is. To trust in you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are good, Lord. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You have my heart, and I am yours forever. You are my strength, God of grace and power, and everything you hold in your hand, still you make time for me, I can't understand, praise you God of earth and sky, how beautiful your unfailing love, unfailing love, and you never change, God, you've remained the Holy One, my unfailing love, unfailing love, you are my rock, the one I hold on to. You are my song, and I sing for you, and everything you hold in your hand, till you make time for me, I can't understand, I praise you God of earth and sky, how beautiful your unfailing love, unfailing 
So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. You give life, you are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken and great are you lord it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. to be praised. God, we thank you for the breath that is in our lungs. We use it to worship you today.
everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Glory to God. David said in 122.1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Praise God. I'm glad to be able to be in God's house this morning and to worship Him. Praise God. He also said in 150, let everything that hath breath, everything that hath breath, everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Trees, the leaves, the water, the wind, the mountains. We even see mountains trembling at His voice. <laughs> oh, God is great. God is great. 104.33, He said, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. Brother Vic, we can't praise Him when we're dead. We need to do it while we are here and alive. Amen, amen, amen. I'll tell you, I feel good in my sanctified soul. Anybody else feel good? Hallelujah. Praise God. Some of you did uh, miss the um, Joy Club Thursday night. I'm sorry. Um, it's your loss. But we're so glad of all those that were there. We have some of these uh, Joy Club pages at the back on that seat if you'd like to pick one up. I just like it. I like it. I like it. The first part of this, uh, listen to one of the, what I would say might be a good central truth for us. A Bible that is falling apart is usually owned by someone who isn't. Praise God. Use that Bible. Wear it out. Find out what God is saying. Find out that He has help for you and He has help for me. Then down below that, I'll give you some of these each time. And that is sort of some study scriptures and some questions. Got about three questions, three or four questions, then asking you to research a particular scripture. That's yours. This is yours. You keep it. Work at it at your own pace. Find out about it. But don't take phone calls from Brother Mike when he's wanting to ask you one of these questions. He asked a question Sunday night, uh, Thursday night we were there. And uh, I said, Brother Mike, that's one that I'm going to put on next time, Joy Club. So I'm not going to say anything about it now. We'll, you know, research it. Wear that Bible out. Find the answer to these things. It'll bless your heart. It'll be time that you can be with the Lord and hear Him talk to you, and then you can talk to Him. On those back there, there's a back page. If you'd like to fill it out, fill it out. Give it to me or my wife. Fill out as much of that information as you like. Well, I've got a spouse that don't come to church. Take her, him, one. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just return them back to us and on the back part, but the front part is yours to keep. Look at it. Take as much time as you want to with it. 
Joey Club and others can catch on with this as well. Between now and the 13th, is that Billy's operation? 13th, 23rd. Uh, Linda's is when? 21st. So between now, Joey Club, please, with me, those of you that are 60 and above, will you join with me and let's uh, fast a day for two days, fast a meal, fast two meals between now and the 21st? Because that's when Linda does some new stuff. And, and, and we want God to do a special good work. And Billy, you heard my last speak of Billy last week, needs prayer. Add David to that list. Add others that you know that need a help from God. And I want to tell you, if, you, if we'll get serious with God, he might just get serious with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good, and I appreciate all he's done for me, how he's blessed me and kept me. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I thank you because he saved me. One Wednesday night. Such a strange night to get saved and call on the Lord. But it was on a Wednesday night for me in uh, 19, well, a long time ago, <laughs> 1966, I believe it was. And uh, can you remember the time whenever the, the, the God of glory touched you and, and you, just, you and him just got together and you said, Lord, forgive me for everything. And, and receive me and, and look after me, be my pilot. And, and uh, you remember when it happened? Somebody, somebody over here, what year? You don't have to say year, but if you know more specific, when did it happen? 1987. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. God's good, isn't he? You remember that? Uh, brother, brother Mike, it... It happened. It, it took place. There was a change. And uh, Christianity and the change that takes place is why some people shy away. They don't want to have to change. But I want to tell you, when the Lord comes in your life, He changes. Changes your thinking. Changes your speak. Hallelujah. He, and, and you know what? He'll show up again and again to restore us and to draw us near to Him. Praise God. I'm happy to be in the Lord's house. Somebody brag on Jesus. Stand up and give God some praise, a little bit of praise. You don't have to preach. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. Two thousand nine, May six. Hallelujah. Thank God for all he's done. He's done a great job. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast unto the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Let us magnify the Lord and let us exalt His name forever. Were you God, you're good. 
morning. It is amazing. He is an amazing God, and He's a constant God. He is an only good God, and He is our sovereign God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just a moment or two, can you bless Him like this? We bless you, Lord. Isn't it good? Isn't God tremendous and great? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's good to have Sister Wiseman's sister with us this morning. Now, this isn't your first time here. You've been here. Oh, so you're not a visitor anymore. I mean, you're one of us, so we're glad to have you with us this morning. I was saved at a young age and went through all my school years uh, saved, and we were having lunch one day, and one of the boys, because, I, you know, I was young. I didn't know everything. I don't think that I know everything. As a matter of fact, I think I'm digressing now as I get a little older. But in school, he said, well, you know, there's only going to be 144,000 to go to heaven. And I said, well... I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> so whatever I didn't know, I knew I was going to be one of them if that was all it was going to go. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Jordan, will you say the blessing over the offering for us this morning? Good morning. It's good to see you guys this morning. 
this Labor Day weekend. Uh, you guys are probably off tomorrow. Enjoy it. Have fun. <laughs> it's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Brother Mike. Continue healing for Josh and Brother Mike's family. His wife, let's pray for her. Sister Judy. Let's pray for Sister Judy's family. Gretchen. Yes, let's pray. Oh, they're on their way back now. Pray that Gigi and Pop Pop make it home safe. And we pray for Pop Pop's back for sure. Brother Mike. Let's pray for Brother Mike's neighbor. Pray that they get that under control. Sister Shuggy. Yes. Pray for Sister Sister Shuggy's sister Linda, and let's pray for niece and nephew. These hard times. Sister Judy? Yeah, daughter. Sister Judy's daughter. Let's pray for her foot, please. Sister Rhonda? Yes. Pray for Rhonda's brother, Jeff. And let's pray for Tommy. Sister Robin. Yes. Let's pray for Sister Robin's son. Let's pray for Steve. Let's get let's get him in here. Sister Sister Jordan. David and his wife. Please heal him, David. Pray for you, Lisa, and 
Dean, safe travels, and uh, Sister Hager and her boys. Let's also pray for Sister Keller. So we miss her. And uh, anything else? If not, raise hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord this morning. Thank you. Now it's time to fellowship. What is this love that won't wait? That's calling out with heaven's breath. Who's reaching wide to save our souls? Only you. 
Sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. 
not even sitting down or uncle. So you're all right. <laughs> so glad you're here today. Amen. Glad you're here in the Lord's house. I hope that you've been able to use your weapons this week. Well, maybe maybe you haven't had to fight, so that'd be good too. But if you if you have had a fight, I hope you've been able to use your weapons. So last week we talked about the fact that we <laughs> it's all right. Um I'll just keep them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um yes. Like one is at level zero, but that's, <laughs> you know, uh, without context, no one understands. So, we are to drop our carnal weapons and pick up the mighty weapons. We are to destroy the foundations of the strongholds. That one is super duper important. And we have to understand that disobedient thoughts must be wrangled. So, if you were not able to, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'd suggest go back and listen for last week, but... Today we ask ourselves, what is religion? Religion. Defined, religion is a personal set or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, or practices. I just, I really like definitions of things. I have the dictionary in my car. When I was younger, I would read the dictionary a lot, read the encyclopedia. Some of y'all don't know what that is, but you know it in a cycle. You do? Okay, well, you're not the only one who might, would not know. <laughs> so, knowing definitions, it, it's, it helps us out some, but it uh, is also defined as the service or worship of God or the supernatural. Often today we hear the people use the phrase, I'm spiritual, not religious. Not trying to, well, not trying to make fun. Probably I am, but you know, you hear this. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not associated with any particular, any particular church because I'm spiritual, not religious. I don't, I don't need to, to be confined to a particular religion because I'm spiritual. Well, we learned last week that, that there are plenty of spirits, and they're not of God. So you got to be careful with that. Some people assume that religion carries the connotation of mere rule following as opposed to a real relationship with Jesus. So that's part of their thing, you know, a little too Pharisee and not enough disciple. And a lot of times it comes to that, that religion for some people has become so rote and so common and just something that we are in the habit of doing that we we kind of treat it almost like a, just a set of rules and okay well I'll, I'll do those and then I'll live my real life but what is religion really we're going to take a look at that today because religion is not what you think we're going to be in James chapter 1 well yes of course James sends this letter to Jewish believers abroad James was the brother of Jesus so he was Jewish, and he would have been well-versed in Mosaic law, religion. He was writing to Jewish converts to Christianity, so the people he's writing to would have been well-versed in Mosaic law and religion. They would have all grown up in the synagogue. Yeah. They would have gone every Sabbath to worship. 
they would have daily been at the temple for praying they would have you know grown up in church these people that james is talking to so we can kind of identify with them these are not a bunch of pagan heathen people who don't know anything about god's law these are these are church folks that james is speaking to taking a look at verses 19 and 20 to begin it says wherefore my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of god oh golly james he begins with this word wherefore but a better rendering of this from the greek is you know so he says y'all know that you should be uh, slow to speak swift to hear slow to become angry y'all know that okay i'm 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 telling y'all i'm just reminding you but y'all know this they should be ready to listen considering the the feelings of others ready to hear what the other person has to say ready to hear what the spirit has to say taking the time to sit with the spirit oftentimes we rush him oftentimes we pray i don't know if this ever happens to y'all but sometimes i pray and i give god my list of things and i'm like in jesus name amen and I don't sit with the Spirit. I am not slow to, to speak. <laughs> I'm quay. I'm quick with my speaking. But I, I don't listen. I don't listen sometimes. When the Holy Spirit wants to speak to me, when He wants to have His way, um, you know, as we're, when we close our service, sometimes it's, you know, we pray and we're feeling satisfied in our souls and we go but sometimes the holy spirit wants to move and and there have certainly been times that we're like all right god you know that we got food over here in the fellowship hall so let's hurry up this process yeah lord if you can move in an hour then you can move in five minutes so we're just trusting you for that Oh, golly, this is, <laughs> I sound like Dad, this is not in my notes. Lord, help us. I just, you know, following the leading. But we begin to, we, he's telling us, you, you have to be ready to listen. You have to be slow to begin speaking. Before you speak, ask yourself, is this necessary? Oh, golly. Yeah. Is it? Is it true, for one? Is it helpful? Or do I just want to get this off of my chest? <sighs> and James here is instructing us that if we're ready to listen, if we'll be slow in our, uh, quick to listen to the Holy Spirit and slow to speak what the first thing is that comes to our mind, then we'll be a lot better off. Because then we'll be slow to violent passions using self-control. Because if I'm listening 
I'm really listening to the person I'm speaking to. I'm, I'm really listening to the Holy Spirit. And I'm taking a minute to just take a breath before I blurt out whatever's on my mind. Then it might help me to gain control of my violent passions. <clears throat> so here James gives some, some reasons why there are rules on listening and reacting. He says because human or carnal anger will not produce God's righteousness. When I become angry, when in my own self I rise up with anger or upset or frustration, that does not help me to put on that righteousness of God. I am in control of my emotional outburst. If you need to write that down and say that to yourself, I am in control of my emotions. I am in control. If my desire is to become righteous, I will put in the work to gain control of myself. Just, oh, I just flew off the handle. Oh, I just had to say that. Not really. Because I am in control of myself. God has given that to me. That's a gift that he's given me. I am not a robot that is controlled by God or the enemy or whatever. I, I, he has given me that freedom to be in control of myself. So taking a look at verses 21 through 25, it says, Wherefore, another wherefore, you know, <laughs> y'all know, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, whew, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Y'all know. Y'all know. <laughs> Again, he's preaching to the choir as it were. James is saying, y'all know how to live right. I'm just reminding you. Y'all know that you should cast off certain things and accept others. He said, y'all know you need to cast off filthiness. This is defined as dirtiness to defile. Like a dirty garment, it is only used one time, and he, it's here in the New Testament. He said, cast that off. Take off that dirtiness. And he says, cast off superfluity of naughtiness. This means an abundance of depravity. Wickedness that is not ashamed to break laws. So having our conscience seared, he said, you need to throw that off. Because if there are those among you who are not ashamed to do wrong, that's a problem. If you're not grieved by your own wickedness, that's an issue that you need to get rid of. 
And once again, you notice that, that James says, put off. He didn't say, ask the Lord to take this off of you. He didn't say, pray and, and ask the Holy Spirit, if he will and if he can, to, to throw off these confines of sin. He said, you put off. It is your responsibility to, in this way, to be a doer of the word. Now, we are not saved by our own righteousness. There's no way we can be. We do nothing at all to earn God's grace. But we, once we are saved, have a responsibility to maintain and to walk with God in the way that we should. We do not have a victorious life in Christ when we refuse to do what he has asked us to do. There's just no way to. So the way to live victoriously, the way to live abundantly, is to do what we know. He said, but you are to put on or to receive humbly the word of God which is implanted in our hearts. This word is not used anywhere else in the New Testament. This word implanted. Now that's something that the Lord does for us. He implants the word. The word which has been implanted. So when we choose to make room by throwing off the filthiness, by getting rid of the superfluity of naughtiness, that's just a great, that's, I just really like that phrase, so it's really cool. When we choose to rid ourselves of that, then there is room in our hearts for the word to be implanted. That is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us. The word must grow within us. He says, be ye doers, not just hearers. So a doer is a performer. The word here meaning performer or poet. One who knows the role and throws themselves into it. I, I, know, I know what I'm supposed to do here. I know how to I know how to do this role. And not to be hypocritical, not in that in that idea, but this this is this is who I'm meant to be. I know how to play this part. I've been instructed in this. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fulfill this law. I put myself into this. A hearer of the word deludes themselves into thinking that they have fulfilled their duty. Yet they are deceived. They have been, this word means to be cheated. They are cheated out of the benefits of obedience when they merely hear the word. When all I do is, is hear the word, but I don't do it, I'm cheated out of the benefits. To merely hear the word, to only listen to the sermon, to only read the Sunday school lesson, but not take it to heart, not put it into action, not doing all that it demands of us is like looking in a mirror. And the person beholds, observes, discovers his natural face. This, this idea of a natural face is the face you were born with. It's what you've looked like your whole life. It's the features that you've always seen within yourself. 
it's nothing new. It's something that should be familiar. But when he beholds his face in the glass, and he sees this face that he's seen day after day, week after week, year after year, but then he walks away and thinks, well, what do I look like? That seems silly, right? It seems strange. And James is here comparing the two. He says, when you see, when you look into the law and you walk away from it, and you think, well, what did the law even say? That's silly. He neglects the truth that he has discovered. But we're told to look into the perfect law of liberty. This idea, look into, it's as if one would lean over to bend so as to peer within. So that if you will look into this perfect law of liberty, he's saying to them, you are no longer bound by the Mosaic law, but set free by the law of Christ. He said, if you'll look into that, if you will dig deep into God's word, if you will see yourself through the lens of God's word, then you will be set free. You will continue to remain, to stay near, to tarry instead of being a forgetful hearer. That person will be blessed. So now, true religion, verses 26 and 27, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart this man's religion is vain notice it doesn't say is in vain it is vain pure religion and undefiled before God and the father is this to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world so James is saying there may be some in your fellowship who have the appearance of being religious. Right? You look at them and everything, oh, it's just, they're doing right. They look great from the outside. Like that person is close to God. That person knows what's going on. That per- Certainly, that person's reading every day and praying every day. They got it together. They have the appearance of ceremonious piousness. They have the look, fulfilling all the observances, but... Some of them may be deceived and acting in vain if their tongue is not bridled. Hmm. A bridle, or to bridle, to hold in check, to restrain. That's the word that was used here in the, in the Greek. A bridle is used to lead pack animals. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. So if he, he says, if you have not bridled your tongue, then you're deceived. Again, you've cheated yourself. You've cheated yourself out of the benefit of all that God has for you if you have refused to bridle your tongue. Again, this is, I know where I'm going, so this is really interesting to me. He said, your religion is vain. It is empty or profitless. It is devoid of force. When we do not do what the word says when we do not bridle our tongue when we are hearers of the word and not doers of the word then James contrasts the state of empty face value religion with pure religion there is an emphasis within this verse on keeping oneself clean before God our father 
Notice that James says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. So, the idea that James would call God Father is interesting. Because he's speaking to a Jewish crowd. They would never have said that God, that Yahweh was their father. That was too personal, too close. So that's one of the things that when Jesus was calling God his father, that the Pharisees were trying to arrest him because he said, how blasphemous that you call yourself the son of God. But here James is reiterating this idea that God is our father. God wants us to be pure and holy before him, not just because he is God and holy and pure, but because that is what he desires for his children. For those of us who belong to him, then we reflect him and he is holy and pure. That is what the Father requires of us. So he says that we are to be pure, clean, undefiled, meaning unsoiled or free from what is deformed and debased, and unspotted unblemished and irreproachable. He says to keep himself unspotted from the world. Yet again, we have this responsibility to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. We also have a responsibility to those who are hurting. He says we are to look out for the fatherless. The word here is orphanos in the Greek, meaning bereaved comfortless those without a teacher a guide or guardian so it can mean it can refer to those who have no parents but also those who have no spiritual guide he says look after those who are fatherless and care for the widows the word meaning deficient or those lacking because they are afflicted they're under pressure they're burdened they're troubled with things that we can't Understand if we're not in their position. He says, look after those who are hurting. Look after those who are in lack, who are in need. That's how to live out your religion. This is a calling from God. So James is speaking clearly and sternly to believers. <laughs> Again, they've grown up in and around the church. Some of these instructions should just be second nature to them. Are they second nature to us there are a few things that we see from this passage that I'd like for us to to bring out number one is that God holds us responsible for following instruction we are to be quick to listen slow to speak slow to wrath that's not a mere suggestion he said you know this He's not saying best practice for everyone who loves God would be to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. He says, no, do this. Let every man be. All of you ought to be. (laughs) 
This is how we put on the righteousness of God. Last week we talked about this, that the righteousness of God is one of our weapons against the enemy. And here, very clearly, James outlines for us one way to put on God's righteousness, and that is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. So automatically here we have a way. Let's, let's get this armor on. He says that we are to get rid of moral filth, to shake off that seared conscience. Those things are not optional for believers. Getting rid of these evils makes room for the word to be planted within our hearts. If we are full of all this other junk, then we have no room for God's word to be planted within us. So he says, get rid of that stuff. You do it. You do what it takes. If, if what it takes is praying every day, God help me. If what it takes is staying away from stuff that, that brings about temptation in your life. If what it takes is staying in the word and keeping your mind solely focused on Christ. Then do that, but do it. This is something that God is requiring you to do. Merely listening without action is a breeding ground for deception. We must commit to being doers, to taking action. We must commit ourselves. Oh, well, I, I heard that message. That was a good message. Okay, did you do what it said? Oh, I, I'm so glad that we have our classes on Wednesday, and that really, that class was a, it was a blessing. Thank you for all you said. Okay, did you did you do it? <laughs> Did you do it? I know because that's the only way that we can live out what God has called us to. That's the only way that we can keep from being deceived. Because so often we just think, well, I watched it. Or I listened to it. Or I sat in the, in the service and I was there and I heard it. And that's enough. Not so. That's a deception. We must take action. The second thing we see is that God's word is a mirror. All I'm doing, all I'm doing right now, is holding up a mirror. All that Brother Mike does on Wednesday night is hold up a mirror. When I teach on Wednesday nights, all I'm doing is holding up a mirror. These thoughts are gleaned from God's word. This is not anything that I'm making up. I pray, Lord help me. But, you know, through careful study, I'm just, I'm holding up a mirror. That's all. I cannot make you hungry. I have no power to do that. Golly, I wish I could. I can only show you the food. When we go over there today, you'll see the food laid out. Haley's in there working. Thank you, Haley. Shane's over there now, you know, they're laying out the food for us, and it's, it's going to look great. Smell delicious, what was in our, in our truck earlier. But I cannot make you hungry for that food. If you're full of other things, you won't be hungry for the things of God. I cannot force you to eat. That's your choice. I can only show you. I cannot change your heart or your mind or your actions. 
I can only tell you the benefits of doing so or the consequences for not doing so. If you're, if you're here or you're listening online and you're looking for me or Brother Mike or Dad or whomever else to try to fix it for you, to try to throw off that stuff on your behalf, it, it's just not going to work. I cannot. Because God's word is the mirror that when I see myself in the mirror of God's word, I see my natural face, my true self. I can act righteous and religious in front of others. I, hey, I personally know how to fake it till I make it big time. Yeah, you, most likely if I'm up here hurting, not feeling well, upset about something, you're not going to know it. No way, because I'm, I'm good at that. Yeah. But when I look in God's word, when I see myself through the lens of God's word, I cannot hear or read his word. I cannot stand in his presence without realizing the truth about my condition. I cannot truly open up his word and, and see that he commands me to visit the father and the fatherless and the widows, that he commands me to lay aside filthiness, that he commands me to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I cannot read that and then look at my own life and say, oh yeah, I'm doing great, everything's perfect with me. I look at this and I say, oh golly, God help me. When I see his word and I see what's reflected back to me, I, I'm, I need to live up to this. I need to live up to this. But here's the rub. I can turn away from that mirror and set aside the convicting thoughts. I can easily justify myself making my excuses why I don't do those things. Oh, that's all right. I'm sure, I'm sure that they're being looked after, all those fatherless and widows. I'm, I'm sure that what I'm doing is, it equals out. I'm sure. Or, just like James says, I can lean in. Because he says, it, we, can, we can look into the perfect law of liberty. Again, I'm leaning over. I'm leaning into that mirror. I'm, I'm leaning over into that word to say, do I reflect this? How well do I reflect Christ? How well do I see myself as I look into God's word? Am, am, I, am I lining up? Lord, help me. The third thing we see is that God's expectations are clear. He, he does not make us wonder where we stand. We only deceive ourselves. We, we do not deceive him. He does not deceive us. We only, if, if we're deceived, we're only deceiving ourselves <laughs> because God's expectations are clear. The first thing he expects of us is to bridle ourselves. So this is why I, I said I was excited because I knew where I was going with this. A bridle. A bridle is a means 
of keeping a bit in a horse's mouth. If y'all know anything about horses, I, I don't know a whole lot about horses. I have now become, Gretchen does, she knows a lot about horses. That's true, she's been to horse camp quite a few times. I have recently become obsessed with watching these videos of, of farriers where they, where they clip the horse's hooves. It's really neat. Oh my golly, it's so neat. I just didn't watch the videos. Wow. You know, those horses that come in and their, their hooves are really thick and messed up and the, the farriers have to work on them for a long period of time. Again, this has nothing to do with anything, but it's really neat if you want something to watch. But a bridle keeps the bit in the horse's mouth. Without a bridle, the rider must use more force to keep the bit in place. The, the bit is just the piece that's, that goes into the mouth. And if there's no bridle on the horse, the, the straps on the side, then whoever is, is controlling the horse has to pull harder so that the bit stays in its mouth. Well, what's a bit? The bit is not a means of controlling the horse. It's designed to communicate to the horse what the rider wants. See, we think about this, oh, uh, you know, God's telling me that I need a bit and a bridle and he's just trying to control me. He's just trying to keep me from saying what I want to say or whatever it is, you know, comes across our mind. But the thing is, when the bit and the bridle are in place, the horse feels which way the master is pulling. It feels the direction that it should go. That all that has to be done is just a little tug one way or the other. Go to the right, go to the left, hold it steady. But if the bit and the bridle is not in place, then the rider, the master, has to pull so much harder, has to fight against the horse to get it to go which way it should. When I am not bridled, I am deluded into believing that I'm going the right way when all the while God may be wanting me to go somewhere completely different, but I can't feel the leading because I haven't bridled myself. I have not surrendered myself to the leading of Christ. So he says, if, if a person is not bridled, then he has deceived his own heart. He's missing out on the good things of God. His religion is in vain because he's not even going the way he should. So again, this bridle is not a means of, of forcing us one way or the other. It is a way that God can speak to us gently so that he doesn't have to pull hard on us and say, go this way, kick us with his spurs. Just you know, going through the whole cowboy metaphor here. If we have that bit and bridle, it makes it so much easier. For us to be doing what the master wants us to. His instructions are to visit the fatherless and the widows. 
we sometimes, we often use the excuse, well, I would do something if I just knew what to do. I've, I've done that. I've said that before. God's word is clear. Look after those who are bereaved and lacking. Provide for those who are carrying heavy burdens. We say, oh, well, I don't know a whole lot of fatherless or I don't know a whole lot of widows. Okay, but who do you know who is lacking? Who do you know who is grieving? Who do you know who is carrying a heavy burden? Visit them. Visit is an action that goes beyond prayer. Prayer is necessary. Please understand, when I wrote this down, I was like, oh, golly, Lord, help me to... (laughs) Help everyone to listen before getting aggravated. We should certainly pray. We should absolutely 100% pray for those people who are hurting. But visit here means to see, to inspect, to look without turning away. He says, visit those who are hurting. Look them in the eye. See what they need. Be with them. Sit with them in their grief. They absolutely need prayer. And when you leave them, then you should you should keep them in your heart and in, in your prayers. But if you're able to visit, visit can mean a call. Okay, visit could could be uh, you know communication of one way or another. But it is an action that God is asking us to do. That our religion is is pure and undefiled. Look after those. Send them a meal. You know, this has become super duper easy with with the advent of all these DoorDash and stuff. Send them a flower. You know, show love to someone. And he says, keep yourself unspotted. This is another expectation that God has for us. Keep ourselves unspotted. Once again, this is an action that we are responsible for. I can control whether or not I allow the spots of the world to remain on me. We're in the world. Sometimes mess gets on you. (laughs) But I have the responsibility to, to continually be clean, to come before God and say, God, Help me to rid myself of this. So it's good to be religious. It's good. Religion is good. As long as our religion is pure and undefiled. We see through this text that God holds us responsible for following instructions. God's word is a mirror. And God's expectations are clear. And his expectations that we see from James are to bridle ourselves, to visit the fatherless and the widows, and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. So today as we go to the Lord in prayers and music plays. Perhaps you've been doing great. You're doing a great job. But maybe, maybe you need to line up a little more with the mirror of God's word. Maybe you need to be a little more clean as it were. You need to, that your religion needs to be more undefiled. Whatever you need from the Lord, he's here to to give to you today to provide for you if you'll ask him for it dear heavenly father i thank you for your word that is true i thank you for your word that's a mirror father that you hold it up to us 
through preaching, through teaching, through our own personal devotions, that you, you hold up this mirror, that you allow us to see who we are. But Father, you don't make us stay that way. You give us that option to draw closer to you. Father, I thank you that you give us a clear outline in your word, that you, your expectations are clear. I thank you that we don't have to second guess you. We don't have to wonder if we're doing it right if we're following your word. Father, forgive me for the times that I have not bridled myself that I have not allowed the leading of the Holy Spirit to make me go one way or the other. God, forgive me. And I ask you to help me. God, clean me up. God, I surrender to you today. I, I just, I ask that your bit and bridle would just be put on me. That you would direct me and keep me. Father, forgive me for those times that I have seen those who are hurting and as a way to pass them off said, okay, I'll be praying for you. And maybe I did pray and maybe I didn't. God, forgive me for those times. God, make me an answer to prayer. Make me an answer. That if there are those who are hurting or discouraged or in need, that you would open up my eyes to see ways that I can be a help and a blessing to them, whether it's through a call or an encouraging card or if it's through visitation, Lord, whatever it may be, but that I would step out in action. Father God, I just ask that you would work in me that I would keep myself unspotted from the world. It's so easy to get caught up in the things of this world, but God, I just pray that you would help me now that I would cast off all filthiness, all superfluity of naughtiness. God, that I would get rid of that stuff and be, be implanted with your word instead. God, that your word would grow within me, that I would love it, that I would desire to read and understand your word more and more. God, and I pray this for each person who's here, each person who's watching. God, if, if any of us felt any sort of conviction prick within our hearts that that something needed to change I ask that you would help us Lord that you would help us to take that first step to understand that that we are in control of ourselves that you have given us that gift and that we can surrender ourselves to you we can walk worthy of your calling help us God help us God just ask your will to be done in each and every life here each and every person watching. God, we surrender to you now. We just, whatever you want to do in us, do in us, God. God, we need you. We need you today. Father, we surrender. We surrender our thoughts, our words. Help us, God, to, to be slow to speak, quick to listen slow to become angry. Help us to, to settle down into listening to your word. Help us, God. God, we just thank you so much for what you have done, what you will do. We, we trust you. And Father, we say, 
over your people today. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide.